0: All right. So, uh, no ninja news, Japan last week. Why? Because last week was the week I was supposed to get it all together. And of course that didn't work out. Now, if you listen to last week's C McB podcast, you got the story of how I got COVID went into isolation, came out of isolation, then immediately went to Canada, spent two weeks in Canada, stressed out that I wouldn't be able to come back to Japan, came back to Japan and was just trying to get everything back together. That was all good. Uh, I thought, oh, you know what, I'll be a good podcaster and plan my notes in advance. So I put them in my bag and took them to work so I could do some stuff on my break. And then I left them at work. So I didn't have any of my notes and I didn't want to rewrite my notes. So I figured I would double up this week, which means I actually can be more picky maybe or just do a longer podcast. And then maybe... This will be the week I get it together. I don't know. Because we got to see McBee this afternoon. Uh, I think everything's planned out. I don't know if anything... At this point, now I'm just expecting something to happen and interrupt my ability to continue. But we'll see. On to the news. The Kumamoto prefectural governor loves One Piece. Now, back in 2016, they had a really big earthquake. And the creator of One Piece donated 800 million yen to the prefecture, Uh, 300 million yen of that was from the author. And then 500 million yen was donated basically anonymously. He donated in the name of Luffy, the main character of One Piece. So that's kind of cool. So you have a, a governor who loves this character, this artist, this manga. And then you have the manga Ka, which is the manga artist, sort of repaying that love with a ton of money when they have an emergency, which is all a very nice story. So the governor's like, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something nice. We're going we're gonna to put a statue of Luffy uh, in Kumamoto, a bronze statue, which is pretty cool. So they used the money for several initiatives and a statue. Now, some citizens were like, why are you spending government money on these you know frivolous statues that no one cares about? And the governor of Kumamoto had one of the best responses I think you could have had. He made more statues. Uh, four in total that I saw online. Bronze statues of all the main pirate characters from One Piece. So if you were one of the people who complained, his response to that was, well, these aren't actually government... Well, I guess they are government funds because they were donated to the government, but they were donated by this person, and we're going to say thank you to this person by building one statue. You don't like that statue? Here's three more. Which is just the, the attitude I appreciate in a government official, and if I could vote for him... For re-election, I absolutely would do it. We did a story a little while ago about the police lieutenant who was eating leftover bentos. No, we didn't. We did We did do a story about a policeman who was eating bentos from prisoners. I think he was eating bits from everyone's lunch. Turns out that this lunch thing is an issue with the police the police seem to take very specific uh they have concerns about people's lunches so a a police lieutenant was eating the leftover bentos that were provided for prisoners without permission so he was basically stealing now a lot of that was probably going to go in the garbage so he thought i'll just eat it it won't matter but it does matter because again this is government money paying for these lunches that are supposed to go to prisoners and you're not supposed to eat them i wonder if he had asked if they would have said it's okay But he'd been doing it for four years and the bentos were 300 yen each. So this is theft and it's cumulative. So I don't know actually how much he stole, but he didn't, but he stole all this money via bento eating that he wasn't supposed to eat. So he got in trouble for that. But in the same case, he got in trouble for power harassment. And one of the examples that came out that he went to his coworker's bento that had been made for him by his wife. And he said that bento looks like garbage. Which I'm betting it didn't. I bet it looked just as good, if not better, than the bento's the government had made for prisoners. Uh, so there's there's a sort of an underlying theory that he was jealous of this guy getting a, like a good bento by from his wife, one made with love. That's actually a, a regular theme in Japanese, like manga and anime and stuff, is that the bento made with love is just so much better. The police. Oh, so he, instead of getting fired, he went into voluntary retirement, which I guess is fine because he can't steal bentos anymore and he can't bitch about other people's bentos. This whole guy's life deal now is about bentos. The police made a statement, and the statement is, it's now I realize it's basically cut and paste. Because every time there's an incident involving police, the police say the same thing. It is regrettable that this incident damaged the trust of the people of Mie Pref- of the Prefecture. Um, but they always say it's regrettable that this happened and the poli- people don't we've damaged the trust between us and the people so i really i realize because i've heard that a bunch of times i realize it's like a cookie cutter statement they're just obligated to use and then we will make efforts to prevent this from happening again it's unlikely it happens that often anyways like people stealing bento's and the power harassment over bento's so they can say that without actually doing anything and it probably won't happen again but i mean realistically it's a bit silly we've been dealing with uh, coronavirus we had a, a outbreak wave seven took over japan i got it during wave seven uh and then it you know sort of decimated the population uh but it was like a, a milder one so people weren't dying in as great numbers this to yesterday the numbers for the first time since wave seven started, below 10,000 in Tokyo. So it was like 20 and 30,000, it dropped to 15. Yesterday was 7,000, I think 7,800 if we're being honest, but basically under 10,000 is a big step in the right direction. Last time, end of wave six, we got down to 1,000. I think we even got under 1,000 for one day and I was really optimistic and then it came back and just, so I'm not, I'm not optimistic. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna stay there. Uh, then monkeypox broke out and and there was one or two cases in japan so there's a bit you know they're really worried about that becoming a thing then this year there have been 7241 cases of syphilis so far all of last year was 7983 cases and that was the highest since 1999 so this year we're on track to have more syphilis in japan than any other year recorded uh The statement that went with it, though, is it is unknown what is behind the surge. Uh, It is 100% known as what is behind the surge. It's people having sex without protection. And that's it. People are having sex, and they're having multiple partners, and they have no protection. And then those people are going off and having sex with other partners. And it's exponential at that point, because this is a a disease that's sexually transmitted. So if you're going to have sex with someone, wear a condom. Interesting thing I learned about syphilis... I think it was cholera and if you, yeah well, not cholera one of the fevers but anyways if you get syphilis oh malaria it was the ia at the end is what I was thinking so basically if you get syphilis you should go out and get malaria and the malaria fever is so hot it actually kills the syphilis and then you have to hopefully survive the malaria But there's sort of a a low cost way to get rid of it. And so that's my advice to Japan is since we're going disease crazy, let's just introduce malaria into the population that has syphilis and uh, see what happens. I'm assuming what actually happens is you get a brand new super disease. uh, Syphilis and malaria would be malarious. We had a story last time, two weeks ago, about the monkey attacks. And in that same story, we talked about the dolphin attacks. Uh, A week and a half ago, a wild boar injured a woman as it ran up on her, pulled on her clothes, and made her fall down. Uh, It's a first for this year. So what we're really hoping is that the monkeys, the dolphins, and the boars don't get together. Because what I'm actually thinking is the dolphins and boars could be the mounts for the monkeys, and then the monkeys would be amphibious. And and then we're in real trouble. That's that's the problem. Is uh, it's just it's just getting out of hand. And uh, we gotta be really careful of these animals because I think they're coming for us. So Abe was assassinated last month, and they've decided to hold a state funeral. And I was like, ah, he's he was a prime minister. Even if I didn't like him, I don't have very strong opinions about the prime ministers. I usually do deal with them policy to policy because I don't actually have a deep knowledge of the the government in Japan. as despite doing this podcast for years now but he was a prime minister. So I was like a state funeral kind of makes sense. State funerals are expensive, but I didn't realize it was 249 million yen. That's $1.8 million for a state funeral. And so a lot of people are like, this is not cool. We should not be having state funerals. We should not, uh, his family should pay for it. I would be okay with a state funeral. That was, I guess it would have to be sub a million dollars. I can't imagine why it's that expensive. There's been some protests and there's actually one of the interesting things is people are saying that the government shouldn't tell us how to think. This is one of the protest points. So they're saying like having a state funeral and then maybe forcing kids to talk about it in school or, or you know, things like that is forcing us to feel bad about someone we maybe didn't agree with politically, which is a very interesting position to take because... I actually look at it as the government's not forcing, you don't have to pay attention to this at all. For me, it's the fact that it's public money being spent for this event and it seems like an excessive amount of money. Uh, But one guy decides, I'm gonna tweet, if the state funeral happens, the next target will be Kishida. Now, Abe was assassinated, so what does target mean? It means a target of assassination. Since he tweeted this publicly from his own account, he was arrested very quickly. as anyone's followed into News Japan, my advice to budding criminals is to not post things publicly. He also posted, "It's about time to start building your homemade guns." Uh, when practicing, when you're practicing, I think Diet legislators will do. So he's basically saying, "Build a homemade gun, go kill people in the Diet, and then we'll work our way up to Kushida. When he was arrested, he tried to get out of it. He said, "I tweeted that as a warning that Kushida would be targeted by someone like Yamaga, Yamagachi, Yamagami? Yamagami. <laughs> Sorry, my writing's really, it's not that I can't say the Japanese, it's just my writing's really messy. So he's trying to say that he wasn't threatening the prime minister. He was showing the prime minister what someone who would threaten him would do, and therefore was trying to help the prime minister. And I don't think this man's Uh, intellectual capabilities are at the level he seems to believe they are because I don't think anyone's going to buy that. A man is suing Wakayama Police Department for mental distress from an intimidating police interrogation. So, you know all those interrogations on TV where the guy like threatens to beat him up or kill him or starts throwing stuff around? That's actually not okay to do in real life. Uh, And it's something maybe you should know. Like, I think a lot of people would see that on TV and and actually think that that's acceptable because they've learned it. Like, there's a lot of things you learn on TV that is actually illegal. Uh, The one thing, if someone goes missing, TV media taught us, like, you have to wait 24 hours so they're actually missing. No, call right away as soon as you think they're gone. Uh, I mean, check first, but you should get on the, the, the first 24 hours is the most important 24 hours when finding a missing person. So do not wait. Call the police if you think someone is missing. Uh, but yeah you're not allowed police are not allowed to actually threaten you or intimidate you or do any of the things you would get arrested for yourself so if i went into someone's house and started threatening to kill them i would get arrested cops can't do that either Uh, in this case you're in the cop's house he's not allowed to actually threaten to kill you so i found it interesting that some of the things he he said so the cop said i'll make you cry Which I, okay, I didn't, I was like, oh, cop said that to me. I'd be like, oh, good luck. Uh, Are you trying to make me mad? I'll go on a rage. Maybe he said it in a way more scary, intimidating way. Or maybe it loses something in translation. Because these are not as threatening. I guess in English, you would just be swearing. And that's what would make it so emphatic. So in Japanese, swearing doesn't make something emphatic. It's sort of tone and stuff. So maybe it was really scary. But the last one's pretty clear. I'll bash you to death. So if you're going to say that, I mean, the, the message is clear. I'm going to kill you. Uh, the cop, when trying to defend himself, said, I got angry about his sulking attitude, which is pretty fair. Guy's been arrested. He's being interrogated. I think he's allowed to sulk. I would not, you, were you expect him to be, like, joyously participating? Uh, and you're a cop. You've dealt with this before. You know this guy's looking at prison, probably. So he's allowed to sulk. You can't get angry at him for that. But I actually think a, a police officer losing his temper would ruin the interrogation. Because if I was in being interrogated and I saw a cop losing his temper, I'd be like, oh, I think I got him. I think I just keep this going. And he's not going to get any valuable information out of me. I just got to keep frustrating him until he has to give up. Um, of course, I say that now sitting in my home completely safe with no problems. Once I get out into the real world and a cop is in my face, I might change my mind as to how I react. And he might make me cry. So the guy sued for 1.27 million yen, did not get it. He's gonna get 30,000 yen, an apology from the prefectural police, which is probably the exact same apology I read from the previous story. Uh, but fair enough, uh, cops aren't allowed to, to, to intimidate you just like no one else is, that's a civil society. They have the minister for the birth rate. So the birth rate in Japan is a very big deal this year or last year has seen the lowest number of babies born in japan since it was being recorded so the birth rate is plummeting in japan and that's a big problem and they're talking about solutions so they put someone in charge i thought that was an interesting position to have uh masa nobu ogura is the minister for the birth rate now i'm actually going to do this story second because i want to look i had saved one earlier to understand the birth rate crisis, Japan's new male minister tries out the pregnancy belly. Now, a pregnancy belly is a suit you wear um, to simulate the weight on the front of your body that it is like to be pregnant. So, Ogura said at a news conference after being named the Post the Enhancement of the Policies Helping Families, raise Children, and urgent in Task, the Kyoiku newspaper reported he added, momentum of truth is now. Okay, so that's great. He's married with no children, and he tried out the pregnancy belly in a project organized by the youth division of the ruling LDP last year. Uh, the suit, it basically just gives you a big belly and some little boobies. It weighs 16 pounds or 7.3 kilograms. Now, I actually wore one of these when I went to like a, a class with my wife about pregnancy. They had all the men wear them. And I was annoyed because they pulled them out. I didn't mind wearing it, but they pulled it out and uh, it was pink. It was bright pink. So I was like, immediately as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is not designed to give me the feeling of what it is to be pregnant. This is to embarrass me in front of my wife. So, but I'm still participating. So I put it on and of course we walk back in the room and all the women just start laughing hilariously at our big baby bellies that are heavy. Now here's the thing. I, at that time was doing judo three times a week. It's pretty regularly. So I was in pretty good shape, better shape than I'm in now. Seven kilograms added to my body is not very much. The judo suit alone probably weighs two. And I'm moving around in that the whole time for like two, three hours. Now they're like, okay, go over here and dropped it. They dropped a fork and they go, pick up the fork. And so I would bend down and pick up the fork and it was no problem at all. And you can see they were a bit frustrated. And so then they slid something down behind the table, like, okay, now reach down behind the table and it's so heavy you're gonna fall over. And I reached down behind the table because seven kilograms on my 90 kilogram body is not a significant amount. They hadn't, I would actually need like a way heavier weight to have the impact it was having. The smaller guys struggled much more. And the guys who were not in shape. Uh, And then I realized like they were kind of picking on me because they wanted to embarrass me further. So putting me in this big pink belly suit wasn't enough. They needed me to look like I was not capable, which really bothered me. So then I said, look, this is not a problem. And I did a cartwheel. And then that everyone just stopped because I had shown them that like this was not working and it was not going to be successful. Um, was not the most popular guy there that day. Let's just put it that way. My wife understood that they went too far. If they had just like wear it and do the tasks like everyone else does and don't pick me out, like don't pick on me and pull me out so that I'd like to, to target embarrass me, it would I wouldn't have done anything. But once it was clear that they were like, we need to embarrass this man further, I was like, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shove it back in your face. I was ready to like put on my judo suit with the belly and start fighting everybody. But anyways, this guy's got an interesting job because he's like, I want to increase the number of babies born in Japan. 2023, he wants programs that aim to double the amount of babies. No explanation as to how that's going to happen. They are going to have more preschool uh, and programs to prevent bullying. But both preschool and bullying require the babies to be born first. So it seems like he's dealing with the... Fundamental issues of raising children, not the actual fundamental issue of we need to have babies first, which is a different issue, which I've talked about many, many times on this show. And I believe it has a lot more to do with the really bad work life balance in Japan as a work culture. So the minister in charge of birth rate should be focusing on work life balance more than preschool programs, because if the babies are there, I think the preschool programs will come. I think a bullying program is great, but that actually has nothing to do with the birth rate. I guess if you have more babies, you would end up having more bullies is one way of looking at it. Uh, It's not a bad program. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And I think supporting preschools, supporting single mothers or supporting just parents is great, but you're not actually dealing with the issue that's being presented, which is the low birth rate. So I think maybe the minister doesn't actually understand the practical issue of what they're dealing with, which is not going to end up leading to a solution. Uh, A 33-year-old man was drunk and his license had been revoked seven years early because of a different drinking and driving incident. And so he's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have 10 highballs. It's going to be a great night. And then I'm going to drive home. Now, a man uh, stepped out into the street and got hit by a car, so this drunk dude just took off. So he did what you would do in GTA. And in GTA, I think the thing this man missed is that it was actually done by other people, but he pulled into a secluded area and got out some orange spray paint, and he's driving like one of these mini pickup trucks. So in Japan, they have like K trucks, I forget, but they're basically micro trucks. They have a little bed, like a pickup truck, and they have a tiny cab. They're not really much longer or bigger than a regular car. But because they're open in the back, you can put a lot of stuff in there. So they're for work. So he got out a can of orange spray paint and started spray painting his mini truck orange. It was white, he's, he's painting it orange, thinking that if he gets the whole thing painted orange, they're gonna be looking for a white truck, not an orange truck. Uh, but he was, of course, drunk and perhaps not industrious enough. He painted basically the wall of the outside of the flatbed and kind of half-assed sprayed the door, but clearly kind of got tired and gave up halfway through. Uh, And then he was picked up. In GTA, if you want to lose a five-star rating, you go in when no cop can see you into a spray job place. And they spray paint your car a different color and you come out and the cops aren't chasing you because they're looking for a different color car. The implication, though, is that you go in and there's a team that sprays it in a matter of minutes. I think this guy didn't realize how long it would take to spray paint a car by yourself, no matter how micro that car might be. Yeah, I don't know if he ran out of time or got tired and gave up or fell asleep, but he was caught before he was finished his job, which is one of the problems with, uh, again, the lessons media has taught us is that just changing the color of your car, not enough. There was also probably the damage inflicted on the car by the body hitting it. Which is rough. A man entered the Japan Foreign Ministry building using an ID he bought on the internet. In light of the recent assassination, and again in the previous story, the tweets about threatening the prime minister, being able to buy an ID online and then get into government buildings is a pretty big security flaw. That at least he's brought to their attention. Um, he, when he was caught, he said, "I also entered other ministries and agencies." And of course, I was thinking, oh, God, this is some kind of like, he's an assassin. It's a political thing. He's going to follow up. It's a copycat crime. And he said to the police when he was arrested, I wanted to feel important. So he basically just wanted to walk around government building halls and feel like he was a minister and an important person in society. Which is kind of sweet and innocent, but also demonstrates they really, really have to jack up security. I, I think once, yeah, former prime minister has been assassinated, you can justify spending some money on chips and stuff in your cards to make sure only the right people can get in the buildings. Uh, once people have read this, I just assume it's going to happen more if they don't take care of it. A good news story. <laughs> Dave's getting in his bed. That's the good news story. Look at that. i oh, us just watch that for a bit. One, two. Oh, two. Good, all right. He's, he's Oh, and he's put his face down, so he wants it to be dark. public sentiment between between Japan and Korea has improved. Uh, South Korea's bad impression of Japan, which historically has been quite high, has gone down 10.4 points to 52.8%, which means half the population of South Korea still thinks, slightly more than half, half the population of South Korea, still has a bad impression of Japan as a country, probably based mostly on history. But Again, I'm not commenting on that. The history is pretty dark. But it has gone down, which means the younger generation overall has a more positive impression of Japan, which is great. Japan's bad impression of South Korea, because they hate us, therefore we hate them. International politics is very much like high school. It's gone down 85 to 40.3%. So less than half of the people in Japan have a negative impression of South Korea. It's the biggest improvement on record. And they're, they're claiming this is because the importance of Japan, U.S., South Korea alliances in the face of you know issues with China and Russia, uh, democratic values being threatened, and so we must bound together to fight for freedom. Uh, I don't think they're taking into account Korean pop bands and stuff and culture and stuff. The exchange has just been huge. So like 15 years ago, it was Japan exporting uh, idol groups to South Korea. And now it's South Korea exporting idol groups to Japan. And that kind of diplomacy has a really big positive impact on young people because they grow up with a pot of positive impression of the other culture, country. So I think that's a good thing. So we have to keep bands like bts even though i don't like them we got to keep it flowing to improve the relationship between south korea and japan because i've always thought i like both countries i've been i've been i lived in south korea i've lived here for a long time i really want these two countries to get together and just dominate the world economy with their manufacturing prowess because it could happen thousands rally against Abe's State Funeral in Tokyo decry freedom of thought violation. This is kind of the one I was talking about. I wasn't going to do this story, but then I I remembered. Uh, They had some chants, and the chants are the bit I want to talk about because the chants were pretty funny. Um, So I'm going to just read. During the rally, organized by a planning committee against Abe's State Funeral comprising 79 civic groups and other organizations in the greater Tokyo area, participants chanted slogans such as, Don't use cabinet approval to have the final say on everything. Which is not snappy, and don't infringe on freedom of thought. <laughs> Which is I've pretty that one's better. It's it's a more thoughtful sort of because the, the traditional uh, chant for like uh, protests is hey hey ho ho something something's gotta go hey hey ho ho and then you're like well that doesn't really uh, you got you gotta you gotta have some some lyrics you gotta have some drop some bars if you really want to have an impact. Uh, don't use cabinet approval to have any, so, hey, hey, ho, ho, don't use cabinet approval to have final say on everything. Hey, hey, ho, ho, don't infringe on freedom of thought. That second one actually kind of works. That was all. I just really enjoyed their, their, their slogans, their chants where they might sound better in Japanese, but I don't have the ability to translate them well enough. So I'm not going to, uh, but if you're going to protest something, doesn't matter what it is, you got to put some time, sit down, and really think of some good, catchy rhymes because they're going to stick. Uh, and that's all. That's that's the final piece of advice on News Japan. Protesting is a part of the democratic pro- process. I think it's important. I think you should do it. Make sure it's snappy. Make sure it works. Make sure it has uh, a good rhythm to it. <coughs>